Hi, welcome to Sing, Breathe, Be with Heidi Riggs. Um, this is the adventure of finding our authentic voice and the courage to use it. All right, so I am going to record this today on my Zoom because I need to do a test. Um, I have an interview um, coming up here in another two weeks. So I thought I'm just going to run a test and do this video Zoom recording of my podcast so that I could um, kind of get the kinks out, if you will, um, before, before I'm really under the gun and interviewing someone. Okay, so if you haven't um, subscribed, please subscribe to Sing, Breathe, Be with Heidi Riggs. And I'm on Spotify and I'm on Apple um, as well, Apple Podcasts. And I'm also on the Android app as well too. So um, I probably should look and see where else I am <laughs> actually, but there's the big ones. So go ahead and check us out, check me out and um, follow and subscribe and download and share. And I really appreciate it. Okay. So, all right. So here we are, we are in episode five and this is going to be very short because, well, let's just do episode 5A because I'm probably going to have to come in and finish this. I do have a student showing up here in another 15 minutes. And I thought, well, I'm just going to pop on here and do a little, do a little uh, tech check. Okay. So here I am, I'm in my studio office and um, I'm all decked out in my October's finest, <laughs> October's finest. Um, I have on these adorable little earrings here from Hello Fancy and Boutique in Rochester. Check them out. Free plug guys. Um, and then I have on my little adorable um, vintage Louis emblem necklace. So check them out. All right. I, uh, I love shopping there a little too much probably. Okay. So last podcast, I had said that I had noticed a pattern of um, patterns develop in really successful theater programs, regional and um, community theater, as well as um, high school programs. I've noticed patterns that really successful programs all seem to um, have in common, right? This common, what is it called? Uh, common denominator, right? And I can speak for myself, having been on a board of directors before, um, about, you know, what it takes to really um, put up, put up quality work in an environment that um, is full of volunteers, right? And, and that is wonderful to have so many people love the arts and want to participate in their free time and um, for free, essentially, right? Keeping the arts alive, but um, on a, you know, on a, a less expensive scale. <laughs> um, it's expensive. Don't get me wrong. Buying rights, royalties, costuming, set design, advertising, all of it, it costs money, right? It always does. And, and, you know, paying professionals to help facilitate the production, of course, it costs money, it costs money to make money, right? Well, it definitely costs money to put up productions. And that is why I think there's so much stress around community theaters, because there's just so much money going out, and hardly a guarantee of money coming in, right? Um, but I don't want to only speak on community theaters. Um, I do want to speak on what I have noticed as patterns develop in really successful high school programs. So obviously there needs to be an educator who wants to devote their time 
to the process and the commitment that is creating theater, right? And there needs to be more than one because that one by himself or herself will burn out by themselves will burn out. Okay. You just can't do it alone. Much like you can't have a successful athletic program with one person and only one person. It takes a team. It takes a uh, special teams, if you will, right. Of people who know what, like I can speak on this because I've been around cheerleading long enough with cheerleading. You need to have more than one coach. You have to have your specialty coaches, those who come in and help with stunting, those who come in and help with tumbling weekly, you know, and the conditioning aspect, as well as the choreography. So there's a lot that goes into successful programs. Um, same thing, you know, with a wrestling program, same thing with a softball program, same thing with anything where there is more than one moving part. And that's pretty much everything in life. We need to have, um, a group of people, like-minded folk. Okay. So what I've noticed in these successful high school programs, yes, there is going to be a leader at the helm. There will be someone who is taking point. Okay. For the program. And then there is always, especially with musicals. Okay. I'm going to speak on that since that is, you know, my, my wheelhouse, but there's always going to be a pit conductor who also doubles usually is the band director and there is a vocal director and who doubles as the choir teacher so I mean uh, and, and then of course the uh, the principal director of the show could be you know anybody it could even be somebody you know coming in um, volunteering their time to a certain extent um, but it could also be an educator right just a teacher who decided to take this on because they love their students and they love the art. And that is what I want to talk on the love people have for the arts and how it benefits everyone. Right. So I've, I get a lot of my students from competitive programs. Okay. Because they realize some point along the way that maybe someone they knew studied with me and that student did pretty well in their audition process and also was receiving, you know, leads or really good supporting parts or move, moving on past high school and getting into pretty good schools. So, you know, they're noticing the pattern and they went ahead and, you know, reach out to me. And before you know it, I'm teaching a handful of students from any particular program. And usually those programs are decently funded. They usually have more than one educator involved in the working of it, in the production end. And there's usually also a really active parent group that comes in either as organized as a 501c3, like a boosters, or just volunteers helping to build sets, design sets, help with costumes, just being there, rolling up their sleeves and helping, you know, the work end of the production, you know, the, the physical work end where you're sewing and building, um, making that, you know, the shop end, if you will, happen. Okay. And not to mention, you usually need somebody who's really good at tech because, these musicals don't usually run without lights and, you know, special effects and things like that. So um, takes a village for real, a lot of, lot of moving parts. So one of the things though I have noticed in these programs is that the competition to, you know, be considered for roles is pretty, you know, it's pretty intense, but there's two different ways it can be you know, interpreted, right? You can come in feeling like there's a scarcity on your end, like you, you're not good enough. You're not as a student, you're not, you know, whatever enough. And usually then 
that communicates in your audition and inevitably you aren't going to get the part you were maybe hoping for. And then there's another group that comes in knowing how hard everybody has to work to be considered and has a little bit more awareness maybe of how hard they've worked, right, to be considered. And there's a little bit more empathy and compassion, right? So it really depends on, you know, if, excuse my language, shit rolls downhill, the energy of the production staff, the energy then of the administration of a school district, and then the educators, and then of course, all their volunteers. So it really is a matter of, is this about love for what we're doing? Or is this a matter of the haves and have nots and all of that? So we can look at this, you know, small corner of the world as a, as a guide for how to look at everything, you know? So I have had a lot of students over the years who come in here and they show marked improvements and it, and and really just surpass any and all expectation of their own, of mine, of their families, of their directors, of everyone's. And they just come out, you know, and, and really just show up, show out, okay? And I find that those students and then students like them who study and, and work hard, there is a compassion, right? Uh, an empathy for other performers. And that compassion and empathy, it bleeds into the rest of the production, right? So I just came off of doing a show and it could have been uh, honestly one of the most stressful experiences of my life as a director, or it could have been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And I don't think there was a gray area here. There was black or white, that's it. It was either gonna be the most stressful or it was gonna be the most beautiful. And it was the most beautiful. And I really truly believe it's because the production staff, the directors, myself, the choreographer, everybody who was rolling up their sleeves helping, everybody had a can-do attitude and a love for it. Now, was that love and can-do attitude brought on by the fact that we had been canceled basically because of COVID? And we were just grateful for the opportunity to even do anything, having spent a year not doing anything. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what that, you know, which, which came first here. But I do know it was the attitudes of the directors. It was the attitudes going in that we were going to make everything and anything work that we had to make work. We were just going to make it work. And um, it didn't mean that there weren't moments that we all went, what do we need? We feel like we don't have something we need here. What do we need? We need more time. We need more rehearsals. We need more, you know, one-on-one -on -one with music directing or one-on-one -on -one with choreography or one-on-one -on -one with blocking. What do we need? And, and, all along every step of the way, the message that was delivered to the cast was you guys are seen, you are heard, you are loved. And it was, it was that way for the entire, <laughs> and I'm going to say five weeks of rehearsal process, <laughs> but especially going into the tech week, which is always the most stressful. And it had to have been probably one of the most beautiful, I'm going to cry, moments as a director and a performer and an educator, you know, et cetera, et cetera, that I've ever had. Was it all heightened because of our COVID experience together, having been shut down and then reopened and that whole risen from the ashes feeling? Maybe, maybe it was, maybe. But I also know that having watched all my students in their various high schools and pre-professional theaters have experiences, I do notice that the vibe that is created behind the scenes and, and on stage and between actors is very often the vibe of the director. So we set the tone. Okay. 
So that's what has, that's what is in common. That is the commonality that if there is love propelling the action, right? No pun intended, propelling the production, then the, the performers feel it, the audience feels it. And then there's nothing but wonderful things that can come of it. But the flip side of that is if it's a fear-based vibe, right? Or a scarcity mindset. Well, we didn't get this and we don't have that. And we don't have this. We don't have, right. We can get into a real feeling of lack and that is very negative. And again, the cast will feel it. And, and suddenly we're picking each other apart with you were late for rehearsal and you didn't bring your script. And, you know, instead of being like, thank you guys so much for getting here, let's get started. Right. Because we could sit here and be like, you're late. And why is that going to help anybody? So it's not, it's really not. Um, but I do tell my cast and I've always said this and I didn't with this one because, well, it's not really a theater I work with all the time, but um, I do say everything's an audition. Every time you take a stage for rehearsal, every time you come to an audition, it's an audition for an audition because you will run into these people again. The people you're working with at some point may take on a different role as director or casting director or, or you know, producer or the same people you've been working with maybe sitting on the other side of that audition table. And when that happens, there won't be a moment that they don't forget like, hey, what it was like to work with this person. Most, I would say 99% of the time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I totally want to work with this person again. <laughs> but there is that time, you know, 1% where I was like, ooh, we had an issue here. We had an issue with like, maybe they, I've actually worked with people before where they've actually called and like bailed on a show. Like they just didn't come for open, you know, they didn't come for the tech, not tech opening night or something like it's been, it's been something. So, but you do remember that, that I, I will tell you that leaves a mark, but um, I'm not saying you get blackballed, but everything is an audition. Okay. So I'm just going to leave that there. What do successful programs have in common? Love. That's it. That's it. The love of what they're doing, the respect that people have for each other, compassion, um, empathy, you know, presence, being aware, being aware that this is our time together and it's never going to be like this again. Any show you're in, it's that's it. That's the recipe. And that's the only one that's going to be made. <laughs> you know, that's the only one. It, even if you got that entire cast and crew together again, even the same show, it would still feel different because we, we evolve right? We evolve. And so we would bring something new to the parts as we play them. Um, and that's where I want to leave it today. So I want to thank you guys for checking in with me today and coming with me on my check, my tech check, if you will, um, on this Zoom. I, I have no idea how to just to turn this into an audio. So this is going to be a trick. Um, again, thank you guys for listening. And um, until next time, friends, keep shining.